Dear friends, welcome to another edition of Forum 2000 Online Chats. My name is Hasler Iglesias, and today we have with us Dr. Ladam Boruman. Dr. Ladam Boruman is the co-founder of the Abdurrahman Boruman Center for the Promotion of Human Rights and Democracy in Iran, and she's also the co-laureate of the 2009 Bechvalesa Award for her work in defense of human rights in Iran. And nowadays, she's a visiting fellow at the National Endowment for Democracy. Thank you for being here, Dr. Boruman. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's start uh, talking about something you have said in the past. And you have affirmed that the Iran people, although they don't have access to weapons or propaganda channels, they are stronger than the regime. Please share with us the reasons for this conclusion and this affirmation. Um, well, you know, um, literally um, in the trial of strength uh, between state and society in Iran, uh, the number of people who are against the regime uh, is uh, much more important than the number of um, uh, people who support the regime. And um, what the Iranians have done without arms is to make the most of the uh, digital revolution. Uh, they have used uh, one of the... Um, uh, one of the strengths of the regime was to impose its narrative about the, the Iranian society, not only upon the Iranian society, but also upon the world. And the digital revolution has empowered uh, the Iranian society, and they have used it in many ways uh, in uh, building up a counter narrative and showing to themselves and to the world that um, the Islamic Iran, uh, the ideal Islamic Iran that the regime uh, claims exists uh, is non-existent and underneath the cover of propaganda, there is another Iran. Yeah, wonderful to know that. And also, can you please go deeper in how has Iranian civil society organized themselves to achieve freedom for the country? You have talked about uh, the internet and the new technologies, but how, how does it feel for civil society in Iran to organize themselves against this authoritarian regime? And what well, have been these obstacles and experience? Actually, um, organizing, uh, the regime has made sure to make organizing literally impossible. When you are two people, you become three, you become sus uh, suspect. And uh, as soon as people try to organize, get together, um, they are attacked by the regime. I give you an example. Uh, you know that in uh, between two 1997 and 2005, there was an amazing development of civil society organizations, uh, you know, civil initiatives. Uh, people were getting together. Human rights organization were um, of, uh, appearing. Um, organization for uh, women rights were appearing. But since 2005 until now, the regime has literally destroyed all of these organizations. And many activists are constantly harassed, constantly in prison, and it makes it impossible to do that. So what the Iranian, the alternative to this with the digital revolution is that, um, for instance, I can give you an example that for me is really very revealing is the way um, somehow accidentally one activist outside Iran put out a, a picture of herself without the veil. And this became um, the beginning of other Iranian girls, sent, ladies sending to her a picture of themselves 
without the veil and they called and she called this platform my stealthy freedoms and um, basically what they did because the Iranians uh, women are not allowed to use uh, the public space inside Iran to to tell the world who they are and what they want to do this alternative uh, space online, which was safe from Iranians' attacks because it was located outside Iran, became the alternative public space where Iranian women could show what they wanted and who they were. And from this subversion of public space, from real space to virtual space, then the dynamic of this movement, which is not really organized, it's just a connection and a sort of um, forum and every single person member of this forum takes an in independently an initiative and you saw that from uh, a virtual public space they then spilled over into the physical public space in Iran when they started to take off. First, they were sending you pictures of them that they had taken um, clandestinely. But then they came out on Wednesday to, to, on the, uh, to the streets and they, they, they wore a, a white scarf as a sign that these people are the very people who don't who are against the mandatory veil and then they took it they took their veils off and they started to um uh, you know to uh, to oppose the security uh, forces after that they they took another uh, step one woman got up on this um um, on a um, um, electricity power box and took off her veil. And this was not only a sort of uh, passive resistance, it became an active statement. So you see how the um, interaction and the articulation of virtual space to the real space had created a new dynamic that the Iranian regime has difficulty to control because it's not organized. And because it depends on the idea, for instance, it was not uh, you know, the, the, the women who started this um, My Stealthy Freedom page is in, uh, in America. Her name is Masih Ali Nejad, and he's an amazing energetic activist. But she didn't make a decision for this woman to go on the electricity box. She, the, the woman made it. And after that, other women made this decision. It's completely unorganized. So in a way... Um, the, by by completely blocking the Iranian uh, forces' capacity to structure and organize, the Iranian regime has put itself in a uh, in a weak position because every single city, citizen at every moment could emerge, do something, and then disappear. And this makes them. Uh, the control of the society much more difficult. But this has been made possible only by the digital revolution because people, by seeing each other online, uh, you know, notice that they, are, they have the power. They notice the power of the powerless, basically. And this is one of, I mean, we all um, are very worried about the impact of um, digital revolution on the survival of democracy in established democracies. In um, totalitarian regime, 
digital revolution has been really very helpful. Many thanks for this incredible story and this incredible example of how symbolism and, and nonviolent activism can, can be so powerful. And I took advantage of this to uh, explain to our audience uh, your experience. You have co-founded the Abdurrahman Boruman Center for the Promotion of Human Rights and Democracy in Iran. And through all your activism and job, you are, you are a co-laureate of the 2009 Lech Walesa Award for your work precisely in the defense of human rights in Iran. And nowadays you are a visiting fellow at the National Endowment for Democracy. And, and looking deeper into this international side, you mentioned that Iranians in their country, they aren't allowed or they don't have the tools to speak up to the other countries and to, be, to show their reality while being in Iran. Do you think liberal democracies have failed to address properly the threat of the Iranian regime? Would it be possible for them to do more? How do you perceive this uh, interrelation with the international community? Uh, well, liberal democracies, um, um, yeah, failed for a very long time um, to do uh, their part because um, the promotion of democracy is a global uh, movement and it cannot be uh, think of, uh, yeah, you cannot think of this promotion as a nation state's uh, separate um, movement. It's global and it should be global. And actually we have a lot to learn from communism on that respect. Um, until, I would say until 2001, uh, lib Western liberal democracies completely ignored Iran and uh, uh, basically submitted to the state narrative. After 2001, they realized that Islamism has become a danger for democracies. And since then, they, every day they get another uh, proof of that. I, I can mention, you know, um, all the bombing in Madrid, in London, in Paris, Charlie Hebdo, and, um, you know, they know that this is not something that regards the Iranians and it's not their problem. It has expanded, evolved, uh, multiplied, and it is targeting liberal democracy as Khomeini from the day one when he started to implement his program defined himself as a, as a negative image of liberal democracy and universal human rights. He was very clear about that, but the Western, uh, they didn't take him seriously. You know, it's like um, at, you don't take uh, Hitler or seriously, or when uh, Trump says, if I'm not elected, it means that elections are fraud in 2016, you don't take him seriously. You think the guy is crazy. But these are state political philosophical statements. If you don't take them seriously, they come back and bite you. And this is what happened with Islamism. Since 2001, however, the, the West has done a little bit of effort to counter the narrative of the Islamists by creating space for dissidents and you know launching radio, radio free Europe that became Radio Farda in Iran or Voice of America, who, which saw its budget really um, multiplies and other uh, other um, other possibilities and net. Uh, that started to invest much more, but NED is much more independent um, from the state, from the governments uh, to to support uh, uh, 
dissidents inside Iran. And, but this is a long term. And it mean, I mean, it, we need to do much more. What the Western um, government and Western society have done is too little and too late. And we need to, um, to do more on that. Certainly. Thank you for sharing that, because myself being a Venezuelan democratic activist yes. also feel related to, to that. And just to, to finish with one last question, is thinking more about the future and uh, looking forward, how do you envision a democratic transition in Iran? Is it possible? What would have to occur to open that door? What, how do you think forward about that, that, that hope to have democracy in Iran? You you are asking a question that is a uh, really very urgent question that we are asking ourselves right now because Iran has been in turmoil for four years now. Every We have had mass uh, uprising. We have had protests, chronic protests. The government is completely destroying the system because it's not um, the DNA of the Islamic government is not turned to the management of the country, it's turned to God and to impose the God's will upon the world. So they don't, they don't re acquire the skill and the know-how of management. So we have water issue, ecological problem, economics problems, political problems, violence, and so on. Uh, so we are asking ourselves how you know how to do because we see that the country is um, really uh, being dis destroyed and the state violence obviously is the major obstacle uh, to us you know from countering the narrative from showing discontent to push forward uh, to a step towards the transformation change of regime transition uh, to democracy my my belief is that the the ideological and cultural uh, ground are there, which we didn't have in 1979. Everybody was communist in Iran in 1979 or Marxist, or we had very few who understood. John Locke was not translated into Farsi. We had many versions of Lenin, yeah. uh, you know, uh, imperialism, the supreme uh, stage of capitalism. And everybody knew that nobody had heard about John Locke. And this is revealing. Now things have changed. We are culturally much more ready for democracy than we were in 1979. Our major obstacle is state violence. So if the world could pressure Iran, and it has the means of doing it, to create a space for us to organize, then I think we would be able to, uh, to go forward. And I think it would change the face of um, the Middle East because we were the first who changed the face of the Middle East towards Islamism. And now Iranians are changing religion. Shiism is not anymore a majority religion in Iran. Iran is the country where the majority, uh, there is the highest rate of Christianization in Iran. People are reacting against this regime in many cultural ways. And so all of these, I think, liberal democratic strategies should sit, think together with us, with you. You know, it's, it's very important that we get all together, Venezuelan, Chinese, um, Russians, uh, Ukrainian, all together to see how uh, the, uh, we should push in our uh, respective countries for democracy. It's not easy, I must tell you. It's not, it's not easy, but we have to do, to do that. 
Yeah, completely agree. And I do believe, as, as you do, that in that way, as authoritarianism support uh, each other, uh, we would need more coordination of world democracies with themselves, exactly. but also to uh, uh, countries governed under authoritarian regimes. Well, yes. we're, we're running out of time. Many thanks for your insights, for your anecdotes and your explanations of the Iranian reality. I share with you, you my solidarity. I truly feel we are all the same struggle for democracy and freedom in the yes. world. And thank yes, you. And, and actually Ukrainian are fighting our war too, really. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same struggle for democracy and freedom all over the world. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if they defeat or... Russia, we will be, all of us will have a space to breathe. Certainly, certainly. That's, that's thank true. You, thank you for your interest. Thank you. And thank you to you, friends. Keep in touch with this Forum 2000 online chat and wait for the next episode. Many thanks.